All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news after Ramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome into episode 170 of Nation Real Life. Now that we're doing two of these a week, we are going to hit episode 200 like pretty quick here. I know 30 away, that's like still three months roughly if we keep doing two a week, but it's uh, creeping up. A bit of a short staff today on the podcast. Chalmers has a real job, so he needs to take care of that. But uh, Wanye, Jay, Bagged Milk, everyone else is uh, all here. And uh, what's new, guys? Uh, It's been only three days, I guess, since we last talked and... Most of you probably haven't left your houses, but uh, what's new? Oh, where to begin? Who who to jump in first? So much, My God. so much excitement. So many crazy things have happened. I am just dominating the day today. It's one thirty six on a Thursday. I'm at eighty three hundred and sixty five steps, and I have a Peloton ride in my future. So I am I am fucking owning the day. How do you I accumulate that many steps if you're just like? All right, you're obviously leaving the house. You're going for walks. You're busy working. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a call this morning, so I decided to walk uh, for its entirety. And next thing you know, like an hour goes by, and I look at my watch, and I was like, "Damn, might order a donair tonight just to celebrate all my hard efforts." It is you a long it, weekend. I know it's Easter weekend. It's a gluttonous weekend. It's time to indulge. Hey, look who it is. Chalmers just joined just after we started recording. What's up, Chalmers? Oh, sorry, boys. I was a little late. How you doing? 
Not bad. I see you applying hand sanitizer as you sit in the truck. Good man. I just got out of a job site, so got to go through my my routine now of hand sanitizing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You are the poster child of how everyone should be living their life right now. I know. And, you know, it's kind of funny because ever since last night when we had a little talk with our friends and I got... I got basically chirped because I had to still go to work. Now I'm feeling like guilty about be even being out. But, you know, as you guys know, I'm in the renovation business and the house building business. And before this whole thing happened, I had people's houses in disarray, you know, like kitchens torn out. And still service. I believe that getting these people's kitchens done, they're begging me to come. It's like the rules just don't apply when somebody wants their kitchen finished. So, Are you shaking hands? No, I'm not. I'm not touching. We're social distancing in the house. Yeah. I, I do wear masks in, in in most of the jobs, actually, because there's work going on. I put up together a lot of protocols of just like there can only be one sub trade in a house at any time. The people have to have not left the you know the city. The customers, I have to be aware of their feelings every morning, whether or not they're feeling sick or showing any sign of symptoms. And and if and that if that ever happens, we just shut it down for that day, and we. We regroup, but uh, are you in yeah. the habit? Are you in the habit every morning of French kissing your trades? Hello. Uh, no, not anymore. Used to. You should stop, man. It's not the time. I used to. Was, that's how. That's the only way I used to communicate. Not anymore, me. man. You got to stop. I know that's I, the construction way. You start your I, day with a French kiss. No I pass more. them their large double double and a quick French kiss, and then you give them a double double. Well, I give them whatever they want. They want a coffee. Heck yeah, coffee every morning. No, not every morning. No, no, no. I'd be at Tim Hortons like seven times a day if I had to take coffee to everybody I went and saw. God damn. Yeah. So, what have you guys been doing? What have we been? So, what, 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 what's been happening? Does everyone in the does, sorry? Does everyone in the construction industry have diabetes? <laughs> Why? Because of the double amount of coffee they drink. Well, the double double. That's heavy duty, especially at the volume for which people uh, would be consuming it. I bet you it's not just one cup a day. I would say that 50% of the coffees I get are just straight black. And then the other 50% are a mixture of sweeteners. And, and, and the worst part about it is I don't drink coffee. So I'm like, I'm terribly annoying at ordering coffees because I, I don't always know what, like they'll say something to me and I won't know what the hell they mean. So I like, it's very, very awkward sometimes when I'm at Tim Hortons. You know, like you're not a coffee drinker at all. No, so I had one cup of coffee in my life, and it was when I was 18 years old. We went to Cowboys one Thursday night, and we had to frame houses on Friday morning, and so I had to go to work. And my friend Mike picked me up at eight, seven in the morning, and I was we probably went to bed at about three, and uh, I wasn't. And we had a don't air that night too, so I had a little rumble in the tummy. And uh, he said, "Dude, we're gonna stop and get coffees." And I said, "You know what? I'm gonna give this thing a try." Uh, to get some energy, I drank about half the cup, and I got to the job site, and all of a sudden, the rumble in my stomach turned to a uh, full-fledged massacre, mm-hmm. and at 7 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't exactly find a place to go, and I was in his truck, and it was a it was a nightmare. It was honestly a nightmare, and so <laughs> I've never drank a coffee since that day. Because wow. it's the coffee's fault. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. The, the problem like, in all of that is the, the coffee's to blame. <laughs> and that's like why I the, don't wear rubber boots. <laughs> you know, like in the movies when a guy wants to, like, give somebody, the other, the, his, his enemy or his nemesis, like, some laxatives, and 
and then all of a sudden you see them and they drink this thing and all of a sudden they like got this look on their face and they have to find a bathroom. That was legitimately what happened to me. And it was bad. But if you mix that as part of your routine, then you're, then you're ahead. I find that you're winning. man, if it was going to be like five more times of doing that, it just was not going to happen. There was no way. (laughs) Well, just don't do it after you get like shit drunk and eat a donair. I had no idea this was even going to happen. Like, this didn't come with a warning. My friend didn't say, like, you drink coffee and you're going to crap your pants. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. Fair I'd enough. say it's a very rare instance where coffee drinkers shit their pants. 5% coffee. <laughs> that's more than a that's, that's 5% more than I wanted to know. Not, like, the percent if I wanted to have it. Uh, I'm, willing, I'm willing to gamble and roll the dice at those odds. So, Coffee's delicious, man. You got to fucking get with the program. Yeah, especially, especially with lots of sugar and cream in it, Chalmers. You haven't even tried well, what, that. What's also funny is my parents, as kids, were heavy coffee drinkers, and so my 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 morning household smell was just like coffee, and it was yeah, I, from right. the from the minute they grounded the the beans or whatever, and then yeah. made the coffee, like it smelled amazing. I love that oh. smell. I just hate the taste. Oh. I didn't like coffee for a long time because so many people in the course of my life. You smell them when they're talking to you, and they reek, and they reek like coffee. Oh, yeah. And I was always like, man, I'm never going to smell like my grade 7 shop teacher. Fuck that shit. Coffee's for losers. <laughs> coffee, for me was always, oh, coffee for me was always aspirational because it was some adult drinks. It's like It was like a sign of like growing up. So I remember like I, I put coffee on a pedestal, and obviously when I had my first sip of it, I'm like, what the hell is this shit? But then I would just lace it with sugar. And I remember one day, I was, I can't remember if I was in grade 10 or 11, but I skipped class, went home, brewed an p- entire pot of coffee, drank the whole pot, thinking, <laughs> that I'm, thinking that I'm getting away with something, and watched, and watched the briar. Wow. Was it caffeinated? Oh, yeah. Italian was to live like an 85-year-old man from Regina. Yes. I was actually to foreshadow. I'm actually living that life right this moment. <laughs> I, my uh, my first coffee story, I had my first ever coffee. Like It was the night of my high school graduation. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to stay up for this. So like halfway through, I tried to drink coffee. And I was like, this is terrible. How does anyone put this in their mouths? Um, but then I was working the next year at uh, the World Curling Championships in Edmonton. And I had to be there at like 6 a.m. to get set for the day because I was emceeing shit. And I was just so exhausted that I would choke down coffee. Then by the end of like the two-week tournament, I love it. And I'm pretty sure I've had a cup or two every day since. Coffee and curling, like ham and eggs. Oh, yeah. Dynamite combo. I had my first coffee as an adult, like day two of having a desk job. Mm. And like I remember day one, I was like, oh, it's easy to get up in the morning. This is great. And I was excited. Day two, I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing in the world. I was sitting in my office, leaning back in my chair, staring at the roof. And this guy I worked with comes in. He's like, what's the matter with you? I'm like, how do people get up this early every morning for work? And he's like, coffee. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then that's when we started drinking it. I started drinking a coffee at Nate, but I went really aggressive on the cream and sugar. I think I started out at three and three. Yee. Wow. Was this like a, because you went to Nate, then you would go to the Nest because it was like, that's what you did, and you'd have a coffee, and is that what? Or you would, like, drink it on the way to school? Like, it had nothing to do with the fact that you were at Nate. It was just when you were going to Nate. <laughs> did you start as a so, social coffee drinker? Yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> I'm Kind of, yeah. I, like, 
I, it started kind of because I was going to Nate and you had the eight o'clock classes and they were early and I was tired. And then some of the older people in my class would go grab coffee. And I was like, well, I guess I might as well get in on this, but it tastes like shit. So I would go three cream, three sugar to start. And eventually I've weaned myself down to today where I'm just, I'm straight black, baby. When we were 17 years old, we used to have fake IDs and we would go to, there was a coffee shop in Collingwood and it used to sell lottery tickets. like <laughs> Sir Donuts. Sir Donuts. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> We'd buy we scratch and wins with fake ID. <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah, and like that's when that's when I could have started to get addicted to coffee if I really wanted to. But I think I would drink like a chocolate milk or something. Um, but yeah, we'd sit there and we'd like just scratch scratchers at seven. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest degenerate losers. Oh yeah. What are you doing uh, in that story? <laughs> no, that, that was that was West Edmonton at that 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 at that time. I remember in high school. We would skip, and this is in grade 12 when someone had a car, and we would skip class and go to Humpty's and drink coffee all afternoon because it was, two, <laughs> it was $2 for unlimited refills. You're having old man coffee at yeah. 17? Yeah. I'm sure the waiters and waitresses there just fucking loved you coming uh, in and only ordering a $2 it. coffee. Well, they yeah, I tipped. Tip, a new generation of customers. I tipped 20%. Two dollars oh, and forty cents. Two dollars and fifty cents. At that time of the day, though, I don't think there's much of a much of a rush to ta- for tables. Like, I don't, I don't think they were taking up much at Humpty's at <laughs> two in the afternoon. I used to skip school all the time and go to Westmount Mall and go bowling. Like, I would bowl in grade eleven and grade twelve. No exaggeration. Like, three days a week I'd go bowling. Three days a week I'd go to Q Club and play pool. Oh, Q Club. Oh, I, re- I realize now I was living the life of like a 1970s, 80-year-old man in Long Island. Fats Domino. <laughs> Did you get pretty good, though? You must have got pretty good bowling that often. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was all right. And we'd go and we'd, have, we'd keep score, me and my buddies or whatever it was, right? And then you'd play best to 100 or whatever it was. I'm sure everyone remember. when you're little, like, Going, I can remember going to the mall on like a Thursday afternoon in the summer and thinking I was at the Playboy Mansion, right? Or like going to the football game. Remember the night you go to the football game and all the schools had free tickets? Yeah. When's the last time you felt that alive? I'd be like, everybody in town is here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got, I'm sorry I got to interrupt you, but as you guys all know, I am driving right now. And mm-hmm. I, my blood pressure, like I'm glad I took my medicine this morning because for the first time so far this spring, I've run into my biggest pet peeve in this world and that is street bikers i fucking hate <laughs> street bikers Whoa. and there is these three idiots right now and this gra- <laughs> there's gravel on the road these guys are such morons and they're weaving in and out of traffic on the yellowhead and like uh, oh man i just like, revving their sh- and they pulled up next to each other at a stop and one guy started revving the other guy's bike <laughs> like, if that guy didn't have his foot like supplanted on if he wasn't in neutral like oh i just hate Street bikers. I'm sorry. Street bikers. I hate you. Oh, oh, you're, we're talking about like motorcycles here. For a second, I thought you were going motorcycles. Ah, like, like crotch rockets, street bikes. I That's hate terrible. them. This I is a legitimate beef. Them. They're so annoying, and I immediately get like, all I picture is them doing something stupid, forty feet in front of me, falling off, and I can't stop in time, and I run this guy over because he's being a dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hate him so much. Oof. I don't know why, Tomers, but I kind of would have pictured you as a as a bike guy. Yeah, 
Really? No. Yeah, way, I don't man. know why. I, mean, I felt like you'd be a bike guy. I had a dirt bike once. That's about it. I remember when you got that dirt bike. I was like, this won't last. I did. My friends all walked into a dirt bike store. They, yeah. My friends were all getting dirt bikes, and I'd yeah. never ridden a bike before. So I went into EcoCycle, and I financed a, a dirt bike. Never had, never driven one, and they basically gave it to me in the parking lot. And we're like, okay, ride it to your car. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to walk it, probably. <laughs> and so, like, me and my buddy, my buddy helped me get it into the truck, and then we went to just, like, a field, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to show you how to ride it. And I just wasn't very good at it, and I did not like I mean, they were fun. When you're going, like, really fast on a, on a flat road, they're fun. But you hit a rut, and oh, my God. I've had some bad falls. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially out at, like, the lake where we would go out to, like, to Josh's cabin or something, and we'd be riding, and they were really good, right? Like, these, these guys were all pretty good, and I didn't realize how hard it was. Their bikes are heavy, too, by the way. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't like bikes. I'm not a big bike guy. I'd fall to my death if I rode a bike. I'd go like five yards straight into a pole. Remember in Tiger Woods smashed his truck up when his wife hit him with the golf club? Yeah. Yeah. That would be me on a motorcycle my first time ever. That's how far I'd get. I'd get to the end of my driveway. I would hit a tree and it'd be game over. I'm, I'm my remember. brother. I'm 100% with drives, you on that. Uh, my brother drives cross rockets. And one time he was at work and I stole it. And I got up. <laughs> I got up to 110 in second gear and scared myself so badly that I vowed never to get on one again. Oh, never. We were we were in Kelowna and we were being supreme tourists and we rented scooters. Like scooters are fun, though. Yeah, well, scooters are fun. So it's me, my buddy. So me and two buddies and my buddy's little brother. And and I think he just turned 18 or something or whatever. He he's of age to be able to rent a scooter. So he's begging us if he can come with us. Begging, begging, begging. We're like, fuck, fine, let's go. So we go to rent the scooters, and uh, you fill out the paperwork, and they're like, hey, do you want the insurance? And it's like five bucks, right? So nope. I'm, like, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. The little 18-year-old kid, he says no. He literally, they give him his bike. They turn it, like they, they fire it up for him. He jumps on. He immediately pins it, goes about 15 feet, and crashes into this giant cement planter yep and writes off the bike with no insurance with no insurance and then we're just like hey guys like can you do us a solid this kid's like got no money like we, <laughs> we sweet talked them uh and i think they had to like bribe them to uh like retroactively tick the insurance box and pay for it i think uh i think uh his, his dad had to give the guys at the store like 200 bucks cash as, like a bribe <laughs> Because it, it saved them like five grand or whatever it is. Because the scooter was fucked. It was so Jesus. funny to watch too. Because he literally just—I—I I still picture it to this day how quick it was. He hopped on and just pinned it right, like directly into the planter. Like it was like I mean, fifty. I, it was I, hilarious. I know, I, I know it's a hassle for them to go and have to deal with the insurance company and all that. But like to make two hundred bucks and just pretend that you had clicked the insurance, like that's pretty easy. I think that would be pretty standard. They were probably, yeah. But it could, done it anyways. It yeah, could be considered out, insurance fraud. If you hold out, you'll probably get a bribe. You might as well let it drag out for a few days. Yeah, uh, up that amount. Make them sweat. That's why I got into the fucking motorcycle business to begin with, is for that hush money. <laughs> well, that's, you know, in, in, in a country like Thailand and you run like a bike rental, come on. 
you're just wish you're just hoping that God people break your bike. I guarantee it's, it. It's that and Sidus. Sidu, the Sidu guys in Thailand, uh-huh. they will fuck you every way from Sunday. <laughs> have you ever what about have a Sidu ride? Have you guys ever like rented a boat in like Kelowna or like Invermere or something? Oh, so expensive. It's expensive, but I don't understand how these people just like they just give you a boat and like they don't ask you if you've ever driven it. They're just like, here's the pontoon boat. Uh, bring it back in two hours. And you like put your kids on it. And what if nobody's ever ridden like driven it? They don't even ask. Then you shouldn't be really? doing it. Well, no, no, no. But I've had people, but I just don't understand why they don't. Like, we've driven boats before, but they've never asked me that question. And so I just wonder, like, why don't they care more about their boat if they just give it to anybody? The insurance, man, they want you to fuck it up. They want you to. That's everything what I'm is Everything is game for the win. Plus, they probably got a replacement insurance on it. Yeah, plus they pillage you to, to allow you to use it for two hours. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's and all about the insurance money. You're getting double dicked. Huh. So what else has happened in the world today, boys? Nothing good. Your M Chuck's no. yawning. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm actually I'm drinking a coffee right now because I'm trying to wake up. I'm fucking exhausted today for some reason. But uh there there's a little What's bit going- go- there's a little bit going on. Um if we're gonna get into hockey stuff, I think we should probably start by uh sending our best to Colby Cave and his wife Emily. I mean, that was just that came out of absolutely nowhere, as those things do. And it's just a terribly, terribly tragic story. Yeah, when I first read it, I honestly after the first four sentences, I thought it was going to end off with, like, because he had corona, like, COVID. And I was like, holy shit. But this is even worse. Like, I don't understand. That, that happens so fast for him, apparently. And to be in the hospital with a brain bleed all of a sudden and then having to go into immediate surgery, I just can't even imagine what his fucking wife was going through. Yeah, and I don't even know, like, if, and, and because of, uh, COVID and social distancing like she can't like they have to talk to him through a glass or like they can't like get up close to him so like it's such a it's such a shitty thing to begin with and it's even shittier because you can't even you feel helpless and now you feel even more helpless because you're you're forced you're removed from them as well you can't even be in the same room crazy did it say where he was when this uh, happened? So, uh, he was at home in in Ontario, so he's in a hospital in Toronto yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, man. And is there any updates on how he's doing, or is he still just in his medically induced coma? Yeah, that was the last update out of his 8 a.m. today, was that he is uh, still in his medically induced coma, and uh, the organization sent out a thank you to all the doctors and the critical care team for everything they've done. Um, his wife, Emily, has been uh, posting a few things on social media, just kind of saying that uh, they, they need a miracle and all that and how tough it's been. But, uh, yeah, obviously we're, we're sending our best to Colby Cave and, and everyone in his family, in, including his wife, Emily. Um, there's It's actually been, like, a pretty busy day for Oilers headlines. You also had the fact that Anton Slepeshev has decided to re-sign in the Continental Hockey League, even though the Oilers did offer him a contract. It was a one-to-two-year deal worth between $1.2 million, $1.3 in that range. And uh, Tony Slepp is deciding to stay home in Russia for another couple of years. I don't think it's a big deal. Like, there are some people around Oilers Nation who are big, big Anton Slepyshev fans. But, I mean, he's a replacement-level guy. And to me, this just shows that Holland probably said it's 1.2 or 1.3 million or absolutely nothing. And Slepyshev went, yeah, it's going to be nothing. I'll stay home and make 1.5 in Russia. Well, the whole thing within Russia right now, like, 
the reality with the NHL, especially if you're trying to lure someone from overseas, is everyone knows escrow next year is going to be horrific. Mm-hmm. Right? So if if he's getting offered the same in Russia, he's probably making like twice, netting twice the amount of money there than he would here. So just hey, from like a... JR. Yo. For, pretend I don't have a fucking clue what you just meant by the escrow next year is going to be crazy. Can you explain that to me? What do you mean? So you, you know the players every year have to pay a portion of their salary into escrow. And then based yeah. on how the league performs, they get a percentage, all or some or none of it back, depending how the league does. Okay. Right? So right now the league is doing horrific for obvious reasons. So they're going to probably increase the amount that players have to pay into escrow next year. Oh, I get and it. the okay. likelihood of get them getting it back would probably be very low as well. Oh, so shit. Like a, That's not good. Yeah, so it's financially it 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 it, it can sting. So if he's make, if he's getting offered the same to play in Russia, like the financial gain to staying there right now and just kind of letting this mess subside uh, is huge for for him, especially you know like you you've got to make your money especially when you you know as Remchuk said a replacement level guy at the NHL level um you know you got to make your money where you can the interesting thing too about this is signing a 2 year deal in Russia means that the Oilers will lose his rights as well really you slap you bugger yeah so, i mean was, it it, it, it may or may not be a big deal yeah he's turning 26 right away so they hang on to his rights until 27 contract goes until after his 27th birthday so could be uh a deal of note or who cares we'll see how it plays out <laughs> what if we did what if we did lose his rights how does how does the team get his rights back does he he's just an unrestricted free agent oh he just becomes UFO. yeah okay pretty standard um the other piece of info actually there's a couple now because connor mcdavid did a zoom chat just a few minutes ago it just wrapped up so there's a few things he said in there um, the Edmonton Oilers players are going to be donating $100,000 to the, I believe, to the Oilers Community Foundation. Um, yeah, to OEG to assist with COVID-19 support in the community. So uh, good on the players, obviously, for kind of stepping up and taking that initiative. McDavid says it was in the works for a while, and it's still to be determined how they're going to allocate those funds. But the Oilers players are uh, stepping up and helping the community, which is good. Very good. Yep. Um, and the other thing, actually... You remember during the draft lottery, the one where Edmonton won and got Connor McDavid, they had him in studio, right? Mm-hmm. Someone asked him about that on the Zoom call today, and when asked about it, McDavid said if he could have done it over, he wouldn't have gone to that studio to be live when it happened. He said it was something they weren't sure it was a good idea, and for good reason, considering how his reaction was analyzed. I'm sure you remember every other fan base trolling Oilers fans saying, oh, look at look at his face when he found out. He doesn't want to go there. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what McDavid say he, he wishes that wouldn't have happened. Well, Whatever, we still got him. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. put him in an awful position. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's a no-win scenario. Like, whoever drafts him, his reaction would have been the same because he's a robot, and it would have been scrutinized the same. It's just an awkward moment altogether. I guarantee you what Sportsnet was going for is I bet you they were hoping that Toronto would win and that they would have that iconic moment where Connor McDavid, you know, the next Gretzky found out he was going to be playing for his hometown team. And then, of course, when that didn't happen, the narrative just shifted to, oh, man, he wishes that he could have had that moment. (laughs) Um, But I I thought it was interesting to see him kind of wish he could have redone that and talk about how there was initially some hesitation to the whole thing. 
Um, so yeah, that was kind of the other thing that came out of McDavid's brief media avail via Zoom chat. It also looks like he was wearing a uh, a pretty cool sweater. While doing yeah, this. that's what I wanted to say. I was like, Yeremchuk, get to the news of his hoodie. The hoodie is dope. Yeah, where do I see uh, it? Ryan Rashog has a photo of him up. Um, the other thing too, McDavid's ceiling looks like it should be his floor. It looks like yeah, he has a black a, ceiling. What is it? Black or is it like hardwood? I don't know. It looks like a black ceiling to me. That's what twelve and a half million bucks a year does, yo. That's the hotness right now. It's putting in like a. In like a dining room or something, we you do like a really dark color paint, which would match some sort of a cabinet feature or something. A lot of people are doing it. Maybe really? he's hanging upside down because it looks like he's dressed like a bat. Yeah, McDavid did his whole Zoom hanging upside down in his living room. Yeah, because he's in between doing upside down crunches. What a showman. And it looks like he's wearing a velvet garbage bag. Uh, because he wants to get an additional sweat. No ah. one does fashion uh, quite like Connor, but yeah, the hoodie right now. I think uh, maybe Nation Gear should drop a similar item. It'll be a hot buy. Yeah, we'd have to. Yeah, we'd probably have to charge a thousand dollars for it because that material looks insane. Oh, I bet but it's yes. silky smooth. <laughs> it looks super it, soft. I I definitely want one though. So I got something interesting for you, and I'm not sure if you knew this, but Wanye, did you hear? That Wimbledon is going to cash out an insurance policy right now. What? They, they have been paying $2 million per year for the last 17 years. All, an insurance policy just for loss of the tournament due to a pandemic. And that, wow. Yeah. So that $34 million that they've paid in over the 17 years is going to pay them out a policy of $141 million. And they are wow. going. To, they are going to make 117 million dollars for not having a tournament this week this year. Just wow. like the boat game. And so, but just imagine for 17 years you're paying two million dollars, and and somebody at at any point was probably like, "Can we just stop paying this two million dollars a year? Like this is stupid." And every year, somebody on the Wimbledon committee was like, "No, we are paying this. We are going to always pay it because obviously, if they're paying out 141 million you got to assume that's about what they stand to make on a tur- on like a yearly um, the profit from just Wimbledon, like yeah. yearly sales of apparel plus the tournament and all that. Yeah. So like two million bucks, like I mean, it's not really that that big of a of an expense when you come to 141. But isn't that crazy, eh? Like, and they just they're the only sports well, the only sports entity I can think of that or that I've heard that had any sort of policy like that. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. And then the guy who's like, I told you, I told you we should get that thing. Ironically, he dies of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. No, that would be, uh, that would be just, just like Alanis Morissette. She would sing about it in her next ironic song. Yeah. yeah Another, was, did you guys? Oh, so bad. I was just going to say, can you imagine being the guy who for the last five years was like, no, we keep the policy and was like yeah. fighting for it hard in meetings? I bet you that's just, yeah. That's funny. History has redeemed me. I wonder, though, like, what other kind of insurance policies does Wimbledon have? Because, like, I mean, 10 years ago, I'm sure that pandemic, like we were just saying, I'm sure that pandemic policy for a lot of people in the organization was, like, a massive waste of $2 million. But, like, this can't be the end, right? I'm sure Wimbledon has, like, a plethora of insurance policies if they have one specifically for pandemics. 
aliens. Any interruption, right? So it'll be like, it'll be part of probably a larger policy of like an act of God, a tornado, a terrorist attack, but they'll pay like a premium for mm. like every contingency. Tennis ball shortage due to uh, beetles killing rubber trees. Yeah, alien and alien first contact insurance. Pringles just took all the tins. If yeah. aliens make <laughs> first contact during Wimbledon, they have a policy. Donald Trump elected president. Policy. <laughs> you know why they make $141 million? I went to the U.S. Open last year, and they were selling those giant tennis balls that kids get autographed. How much do you think a giant tennis ball costs at an Ooh. event like that? $30. Shortage? I would pay 40 $30. Your uh, bag of milk, your ramp chuck, 40 What do you guys think? Seven dollars. Price is right rule seven oh one. They were forty two dollars. Forty two bucks. We were like, we're gonna. I'm like, we gotta buy two of those for my for our kids. And like, I didn't wasn't really pumped about having to take them back on a plane. But I saw the price. <laughs> Not a chance. I thought these things would be like literally eight bucks. That's what about like the were, drinks you were getting there? Oh the oh my god! What were they? Those called? were an investment. Um. What the hell are they called? They're called. Honey, honey, they're honeydew. Oh, honey cups, honey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honey something. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember. It's the honey famous juice. drink. Honey juices, honey juices. Yeah, they're called honey juices, and they're thirty. They're sixteen dollars a piece. So two of them is thirty-two bucks. And basically, what they are is they're just um, lemonade with vodka and a little bit of, I think, like grape juice or is it grenadine? I don't know. And then they give you three balls of cantaloupe, and they were delicious. And it was eleven o'clock in the morning, and me and my wife had already had three, two, two to three each. And I was like, <laughs> "It's gonna be a thousand dollar day, boys." I had, and well, the good thing was is you got to keep the cups, and they're cool cups too. Like, Did nice you bring cups. them home? Yeah, we lost a few. And I, Jay, remember when we went to the World Series, and then we found the bag of merchandise? Yes. We go to the World Series Chalmers in Texas and we see San Francisco win. It was dreadfully boring. But everyone's like, yay, yay, World Series, yay. And they're filing out. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, we should really go and get some World Series merch. Like, we might as well. We're here. And Diego goes, why don't we just take that and point to this bag? There's nobody around. Everybody's left. There's a bag of World Series merchandise. Like, God himself went for it. And was there too good? Was there some good stuff in there? Yeah, it was like commemorative ball. There was like stickers and a pennant and shit. It was awesome. That's how you well, shop. That's a, hey, that's how you good do guys it, get the win sometimes, you know? <laughs> you, want be, discount. you want to be a beachcomber? You want to be one of those guys with a metal detector? Or do you want to be the guy who walks around in the stands at the end of the World Series collecting? Hell yeah. You know, yeah. I guarantee if you walked around the end, like the stands at the end of an Oilers game, you'd find some good stuff. Oh, tons oh, of shit. Oh, for sure. If nothing, a, a bunch of half-filled beers you can pound. Oh, gross. Hey, man, it's going to be a recession. Yeah, you got to make your own fun. <laughs> so, you know what the other thing interesting that I, I had noticed in the last day was yesterday, uh, Tom Brady, who never does interviews and never really has, he's he's been almost like uh, Derek Jeter in a way where he's just, He's a closed book, and he always does the right thing, and you kind of just equate it to the Patriots' way. Well, he did a two-hour interview with Howard Stern yesterday. I know. I need to listen to that. How I'm excited. I haven't listened to it yet either. So you can get it on the XM app, and it's 
like I found it. I listened to about 30 minutes of it last night, but I also listened to uh, something that kind of like broke down the highlights of it yesterday. Just um, it's pretty interesting. Like he gets into some interesting, interesting stuff, like to the point of where at one point he cries. But the one like the one thing, you know, you've got Giselle, who is like the highest, the highest paid model in the world, makes more than he does. Right. And he starts talking about how their marriage was getting very rocky because he'd go play football all season. She'd take care of the house and then he'd finish football season. He'd come home and he would start in on like his TB12 stuff, which is, which is like a, a health and wellness line. And like, you know, just his other businesses, you know, that he invests in. And she got to the point where she was like, when are you going to do like the stuff around the house? This is unfair. And they got it like, and so he had to like take a step when you're the best quarterback in the world and you come home and your wife's like, you're not spending enough time with your family. I can't imagine it's not hard to be like, look what I do for this family. Like I provide all this stuff, but you can't say it to a woman who's making like twice the amount of money you are. And, <laughs> and like, so it's like even Tom Brady has that fucking problem, you know, in his world with finding the balance between like home and work. And it was just, it was like not, no matter how many helpers you have, you could still have these problems with your family. It was, it was cool. He did, he got a lot out of them. And, and there was, there was some other things like he was talking about how the dudes with the biggest hogs in the dressing room are the guys who get made fun of the most. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are they talking about this? Yeah. That's Howard, man. Only Howard can get this stuff out of people. Oh, I know. So I haven't, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I think we should all listen to it and break it down. Cause I think it's like, I, you can tell at the very beginning, Howard, he's not a sports guy. He, he, he doesn't really delve too deep into it. He compares him to Michael Jordan. It's like Tom Brady has to be like, okay, you know, like Michael Jordan was the second pick overall. He was like, you know, yeah, sure. He was cut from his high school varsity team. Like I literally almost had to quit football. Like I wasn't getting drafted. Like I got drafted 199th overall. Like, really? Oh yeah. He was, Tom Brady yeah. was not, there was nothing coming out of college. He was, you know, a guy that somebody took a chance on in the fifth round, you know? Wow. Yeah, he was not a college star and or did he did he come right into the NFL and, like, be, like, a backup until one day he got a big shot in the game? And that, then he that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Really? Yeah. So he, he was, took the field, like, Tom Brady from minute one? Yeah, no, so, like, what happened was he was – he's a backup quarterback to Drew Bledsoe in, in New England. Who was the highest-paid QB in the league, right? who was the highest paid QB in the league and Drew Bledsoe went down with an industry or an injury. And, and it was like at the end of the season too, they were just getting ready for playoffs or he might even have been a playoff game. I don't totally remember yeah. the details, but he came in and didn't like light the world on fire that game. But throughout that injury basically took, took Drew Bledsoe's job. Like Drew Bledsoe never came back. And Tom Brady, oh. that was the beginning of him becoming, yeah, like yeah, the best they won the Super Bowl. No, crazy. That's crazy. He was just, he was on the sidelines, rookie, didn't need any training. They're like, here's the ball. He's like, watch this. I'm Tom Brady. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is I think he was always Tom Brady in his mind to the point of where, like, he worked really, really hard. I think in practice, like, when, when, when he was first drafted and Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick called him, or not Bill Belichick, uh, Bill Parcells or whatever, um, they, he basically said to him, he's like, if there's one thing I can guarantee you is you're not going to regret drafting me. He's like, I will work so hard that you just will not regret drafting me and taking a chance on me. And but like, they of course did. Of course, history proved that they would regret it. Oh yeah, 
no big regret. They turned down. If you if you hear like uh, um, basically a tale of what New England sports, New England Patriots sports were like for the twenty years before that, they were the biggest laughing stock in the league. Like they really? were the biggest mm-hmm. losers at all times. They didn't. And was they it not own them at that point too? Kraft. Robert Kraft bought them when they were like at their very lowest value. Like. Like about to move cities and stuff, and yeah. Well, the, story. Um, I, I like that stuff. The in the same story. breath of, uh, sorry, the same breath of uh, Brady telling New England to, to pick him. It's like Yamamoto telling the Oilers that if they don't pick him, he'll haunt their dreams. So, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully Yamamoto's Tom Brady. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, you're saying Taylor Yamamoto will have an equal impact on the NFL as Tom Brady. Well, we were just we were just starting to see it. A sport he doesn't even play. He's going to be the greatest NFL quarterback to live ever. Yamamoto. Not that height. There's like a, my biggest fear with Yamamoto, there's been a big thing going on. I think it's, yeah, it's the athletic doing it on like every team's biggest one-hit wonder of like a guy oh. who came, stole the show for like a month, and then was just never heard from again. That's my fear with it. Yamamoto now is that he no. had this, he had this run where he's unreal. That. And then How it's dare just you. the seasonal resume, and he'll just go back to being like regular old Kyler Yamamoto. How no, dare you put never. that in the universe? <laughs> He's never. too young. What is regular Taylor Yamamoto? What does that even look like? I don't know. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing we're He's seeing a guy who's now just found his NHL leg, who hasn't even hit his peak yet, and he's fucking on fire. So you think he's going to become like Jeremy Lin? <laughs> but right, like that's my point is it's interesting to look back on some of these guys and be like, you know, Tom Brady stepped in for a lot of people. I'm sure they thought, oh, it's just a flash in the pan. Like Brady had this one run and then it was just a, a bunch of nothingness afterwards. Um, but I, I mean, for every Tom Brady, there's a guy who comes in for one season is unreal and then disappears into nothing. Nail Yakupov. There you go, right? Like Yakubov's rookie season to his next season. It was like, oh, shit. Alexander Dagg. Alexander Dagg. There's another good one. Nah, he was good for more than a month, wasn't he? Who? He was he good was for good. like two years, retired, then shit, then came back, was great for one year with Minnesota out of nowhere, and then was shit. Yeah, he was, at least, he was at never least, good. At least Dagg kind of carved out a little bit of a, a career for himself. Yeah, Dagg did play 600 really games. Did he? Oh, shit. He delivered his rookie year. Yeah, he scored 20 goals in 84 games that season with uh, with Ottawa. He scored 26 goals a few years later. Um, and then you're right, he had that one resurrection season where he scored 20 goals at the Minnesota Wild. And then a couple of years later, he was off to uh, the Swiss A-League. But that's what I mean, right? Like, there's all these sort of one... I remember it's a baseball thing, but J.P. Aaron Sebia in his first game with the Jays, like, he was going to be the catcher of the future. He crushes two bombs in his first game, everyone was so stoked. He was unreal for this first run. And then he was just like dog shit after that. Like it happens to these guys. And in the moment you think, well, they said they're not even at their peak yet, but you never really know when in like, it could be their peak. Right. That's like when Funny, you were a big, you were a big Jason, JP Aaron, Stevie fan, weren't you? Oh, huge, huge. Loved him. Loved him. Still got his jersey. Uh, you know who that was, was Magnus Piarvi Svensson, later Magnus Piarvi. I was at a game in the preseason when Payarvi Svensson scored yeah, a hat trick against Tampa Bay, and I made a bet with my buddy that he would be the best of the three between him, Eberle, and Taylor Hall. 
shout out back to earlier episodes of Real Life when we interviewed CRB, right? And he was in a nightclub in Sweden and came out of the nightclub to do the interview with us in his buddy's car, right? Wow. And I had a couple drinks because I was nervous. And I blurted out, oh, buddy, when you got that hat trick, I thought you were going to be unbelievable. And then I realized <laughs> what I said. And, and he goes, yeah, man, me too. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hey, he's got good self-awareness then. Yeah. Interview over. But then didn't he go somewhere else, St. Louis and resurrect? Uh, he, he had a same, decent run in Ottawa. Ottawa there for a few years. He was, We traded him to St. Louis, and then he went to uh, Ottawa and had he, he turned into like a decent penalty-killing kind of fourth liner. He's a good dude. I always liked him. Oh, yeah. Um, before we start moving towards our conclusion here, I want to give some love to our podcast sponsors, including Jappa Machinery, who we love very, very much. Check them out online, jappaequipment.com. And uh, Oodle Noodle as well. And I know we can't say anything yet, but I, there's something exciting happening in Oodle Noodle, right? We're working on something. We're, uh, we're working on something. We're, we're having a lot of fun doing these... Um, weekly uh, noodle donations and these meal donations. So tomorrow we're off to Leduc, the Leduc food bank. So dropping off 400 meals there uh, tomorrow, but we're going to try to take it another level. We just need to work out the details. So hopefully there's an announcement here soon. That's really cool, man. Congratulations. Well, thank you. But it's all because of everyone supporting us. That's allowing us to do this during this time. So, we're, we want to try to create that kind of ecosystem of, you know, you su- you come, you support us at Oodle Noodle and support our franchisees. We then in turn can then support our local community because this is, everyone is in need of support. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're a business just trying to fight to stay alive or if you're someone who can't afford their next meal. Like every, this whole, like everyone's hurting right now. So we want to try to create this kind of ecosystem of if a dollar comes into Oodle Noodle, this is all the benefits from it uh, and it has a community impact. So uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it and it, and the reaction from the people we're supporting is amazing. So we want to try to do more. Good job, buddy. Yeah, well done. I've eaten a noodle recently. A well, thank you. Noodle uptick is a lot higher these days, which is good. Yeah, I, I like how you can have like, we like to get up for dinner and then a box for the next. For- I love the cold the next so day. We've been doing So do I. Um, I like the flavor. I don't know what happens to the flavor, but it becomes so much more full after it's been cooked and then cooled. It's because it sits so, in its own juices. It gets yeah. thick. Like it just grabs the noodle. It's it like get thick. It doesn't. It's just. It's just good. Like it's just a flavorful bite. Every bite when it's cold. And uh, from our unofficial sponsor, Nation Beer, I saw a picture teasing that there might be some more ready. And then you had a funny story. Jay? <laughs> I've got a. This is the most Canadian thing ever. So the reason why we only had uh, the amount of beer we had last week was we only had uh, Dog Island only got uh, so many labels shipped to them. So the second order of labels uh, were are to arrive this week. And they were supposed to arrive on Tuesday or Wednesday morning at the latest. But because of Canada, these labels got shipped to, they're in the Pure Later Depot in Yellowknife. And why, why, why might you ask? It's because there is two Slave Lakes in our beautiful country, Great Slave Lake and Lesser Slave Lake. 
so Purelater sent it <laughs> to the greater of the Slave Lakes. So the labels got delayed, so they can't label the cans. Like they so, just didn't look at they just didn't look at the address. They just looked at the city. Slave like, Lake. They just okay, looked at Slave go. Lake. Like it's the most Canadian thing because we've got two Rough Riders and two Great Slave Lakes or Great Slave Lakes um, that it got shipped up to Yellowknife. So the the plan is I'm, we're just waiting for confirmation. Purelators promise uh, them to arrive. I think <laughs> Friday morning. So if we can can on Friday morning, which is tomorrow. Uh, we'll launch the pre-sale uh, tomorrow afternoon, and we will do deliveries Monday, Tuesday. Good stuff. Um, Before we go, can I do one more? Can I ask one more question? I want to yeah, know yeah. what you guys think of this thing that I just saw uh, two days ago. I saw this thing. I want to know if you agree with this because I, I, I'll give you my opinion after. But this website called TheRinger.com did a top a top TV actor. Uh, character of all time. They did a bracket challenge. Oof. 64 on each side with one seed. Omar was the one seed, you know, from the wire. Like, Walt White was a, was a one seed, all this stuff. It came down to the final four on each side. It was Walter White versus Arya Stark and Michael Scott versus Ron Swanson in a Ooh. huge upset from Parks and Rec. Down to the, the, the championship bout, obviously Walter White versus Michael Scott. Who do you think won that? I've never seen either show. Are you serious? Out of those four, yeah, I would have right taken Ron. Out of those four, I would have taken Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Um, I was. I thought. I think. I think Walter White. So with a vote of sixty-four percent, it went to Michael Scott. Wow. Which I agree with. I. I went. I like. I, I think maybe we've been talking about this in the last couple of weeks, but I went back and watched a lot of The Offices, and he is the greatest. And that right there, when I saw that they did this, I was like, okay. It's justified. So what, is, what do you think about that, Wanya? You seen those shows? Seen I, I haven't seen office. Breaking Bad. I haven't seen Breaking Bad, and I know The Office, but I haven't really seen it. <laughs> uh, uh, I personally take offense because Jack Bauer would kick everyone's ass in that back bracket and deserves to be on top. He is the modern-day Chuck Norris. Jack do, do Bauer. Know what, do you want, do you want to know what's also Jack? He was in there. He just didn't make it fast like the Sweet Six. So I don't know what sure what his problem was. You know what's funny about Ron Swanson is, in order to get to the final four, he beat out Dwight Schrute. Hell yeah! Wow. Which meant that it would have been it would have been Michael Scott versus Dwight Schrute on one side. I would almost even. For the I almost even would have gone if I had to rank them. I almost would go Dwight then Ron then Michael in terms of sitcom characters. I think Mike, Michael Scott's a little too like he's too cringy for me. Oh, but that's. But, have you ever seen a character that's that perfectly cringy all the time? Like Oh, but it, like at some points I almost found it like I like I've seen the office front to back three or four times now and like to me it was almost like there were too many uncomfortable moments and not enough like redeeming moments. Oh, 100%. It was every episode there was one where you just looked down and you're like, "Oh my god, hand in the face like I yeah. can't watch this so bad." Um and then for every one of those there's one there's one where he talks about how he finally got his new in his brand new clip, and he walks over the 18 inch fucking yeah. flat screen mounted to this huge. You just go, this guy's perfect, and he plays it off perfect. Um, okay, I don't know if it's anyway. I want to know what you guys thought about that. Um, yeah, Chalmers is cutting in and out. Okay, yeah, that was Chalmers. Oh. Chalmers' internet cutting out a bit. Uh, we're gonna wrap up anyways here, but bagged milk. 
You have a uh, another Nation Happy Hour coming up. Yeah, my friend, coming up in uh, at four thirty p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I will be jumping on Nation underscore O N on Instagram to talk to some people and have a cocktail. So um, we'll just be checking in with some people. If people That's can't today? make this one, when can they make the next one? Because I'm assuming a lot of people won't know that or won't have listened to this by Thursday at four thirty. So normally we're going to do it on Friday at four thirty. Uh, with tomorrow being Good Friday, we decided to move it to today. So Fridays, 4.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Instagram Live. We talk to some people, hear some stories, here's how you've been living, and we all enjoy a cocktail together provided that you are of legal drinking age. Hell yeah. Or have a valid fake ID. No. I hope uh, there, <laughs> the last week it was there was this guy who's from Edmonton living in Manitoba, but he told a very interesting story about his personal life that I found entertaining and uh, had some shock value. Uh, so these are, uh, I don't want to get too much into detail, but it was funny. So I have a blast with these. So Bag Milk, I'm going to be on there. So fucking you better invite me into the conversation. We'll chat in a couple hours. Okay, sounds good, right. guys. Have a good long weekend. See you later, boys. See ya. Bye, boys. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.